Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is February 3rd. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me blog, and next week we're going to be studying 2 Nephi chapters 1 and 2, which is amazing, just two chapters to study next week. But chapter 2 of 2 Nephi is one of my favorite chapters of the entire Book of Mormon. In fact, I have a whole EFY lesson that centers on principles that we see in chapter 2, so I'm excited to take a look at it with you, I'm excited to study it with you. And even more, I'm excited to be able to just kind of dive in a little bit deeper because we don't have to get through so many chapters next week. I encourage you and I invite you to dive in deep next week to see what these chapters can teach you. I testify that it is phenomenal and it is filled with beautiful doctrine of the Savior. So let's jump back into 1 Nephi chapter 19. Nephi is going to kind of finish up this chapter by testifying about the life of Jesus Christ. Remember, that was something that the angel showed him in his vision in order to show the tree of life and what the love of God actually meant. He showed him the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so now Nephi is going to testify and teach about that ministry and about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did. And as he kind of finishes talking about the Savior and his ministry, verse 18, he says, And I, Nephi, have written these things unto my people, that perhaps I might persuade them that they would remember the Lord their Redeemer. I love that verse because isn't that one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon? To teach us about the great things that God has done, which Nephi is doing. He invites us to look for and to see tender mercies of the Lord, and he shows us the tender mercies that he's received through his journey. But then one of the other reasons is to testify and to show us that Jesus is the Christ. And so here Nephi is saying that I am writing everything that I write to help people and to persuade people about Jesus Christ. And what I love is it says, I want to persuade them that they would remember the Lord, their Redeemer. I love the word remember there. I feel like remembering is a very, very active verb. And I think sometimes we don't treat it like that. We think either we remember something or we don't. It's just something that happens to us or doesn't happen to us. But to remember something is a very active thing. It's a very intentional thing. And here Nephi is reminding us and inviting us to intentionally remember Jesus Christ. And he's saying that one of the ways that we can do that is by reading the words that he's written. The scriptures help us remember Jesus Christ. It's an intentional way to remember our Savior because the scriptures testify of him. And so I love this invitation to remember Christ, to actively, intentionally remember him. Elder Gong once said, Our Savior invites us to always remember him as he always remembers us. I love that quote, that we always remember him because he is always remembering us. And I'm sure he's doing it a lot more perfectly than we are. But we strive to remember him because we know that he always remembers us. And that's something that we're going to see and that's going to be testified of in these following chapters. In fact, 1 Nephi chapter 21, here Nephi has begun to quote Isaiah and to teach through the words of Isaiah. 
starting in verse 13, we're reminded of the Lord's love for his people and that he always remembers us. It says, For the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But behold, Zion hath said, The Lord hath forsaken me and my Lord hath forgotten me. But he will show that he hath not. For can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee, O house of Israel. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Elder Holland once said, This poetic passage provides yet another reminder of Christ's saving role, that of protective, redeeming parent to Zion's children. He comforts his people and shows mercy when they are afflicted, as any loving father or mother would towards a child. But, as Nephi here reminds us through Isaiah, much more than any mortal father and mother could do. Although a mother may forget her sucking child, as unlikely as any parent might think that could be, Christ will not forget the children he has redeemed, or the covenant he has made with them for salvation in Zion. The painful reminders of that watch care and covenant are the marks of the Roman nails graven upon the palms of his hand, assigned to his disciples in the old world, his Nephite congregation in the new world, and to us in latter-day Zion, that he is the savior of the world and was wounded in the house of his friends. My friends, I love that, how it says, you know, It might seem impossible to us as mortal parents to forget our children, yet it's happened. People have done it before, but it says here that Christ, as a perfect adoptive parent to us, he will not forget us because part of his covenant with us is engraven on the palms of his hands. I love that verse where it says, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. One time I was studying this and I thought, well, that's weird. What does it mean that our walls are continually before him? So I went to the concordance of the Bible where I could look up the word walls anywhere in the Bible where it appeared. And what I found was this, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. Look how perfectly this fits in. Isaiah 60, 18 says, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation. So here where it says thy walls are continuously before me, Well, what are our walls? Our walls to him are our salvation. So it's not just our walls that are continually before him. It's our salvation that's continually before him. And he chose to have that salvation and the reminder of that salvation engraven upon his hands, a continuous reminder of his love for us and the covenant he's made with us, a continual reminder of his desire to reach out and to save all of us. I think that this is particularly important to remember when things are difficult in our lives. It can be tempting when things are not going well to look up to the heavens and to say, why me? Why have you forgotten me? Why have I been abandoned? Why is this happening? Right? But it's so vital to remember that the Lord has never forgotten us. Not only has he not forgotten us, he has engraven us upon his hands. It reminds me, when I was in junior high, and maybe you'd still do it now, but when I was in junior high, anytime I needed to remember something, if I had homework, if I had an appointment, if there was something I had to do, I would write it on my hand. And why would I write it on my hand? Because that's one place that I knew I would always see it. Our salvation is written on the Savior's hand. 
something that he continuously sees so that he will continuously remember us and fight for us. Sometimes we might question that or wonder about that when things are going wrong, but it's my testimony that he always remembers us. In the talk Broken Things to Mend, Elder Holland said, My desire today is for all of us, not just those who are poor in spirit, but all of us, to have a more straightforward personal experience with the Savior's example. Sometimes we seek heaven too obliquely, focusing on programs or history or the experience of others. Those are important, but not as important as personal experience, true discipleship, and the strength that comes from experiencing firsthand the majesty of his touch. This reliance upon the merciful nature of God is at the very center of the gospel Christ taught. I testify that the Savior's atonement lifts from us not only the burden of our sins, but also the burden of our disappointments and sorrows, our heartaches and our despair. From the beginning, trust in such help was to give both a reason and a way to improve, an incentive to lay down our burdens and take up our salvation. There can and will be plenty of difficulties in life. Nevertheless, the soul that comes unto Christ, who knows his voice and strives to do as he did, finds strength, as the hymn says, beyond his own. The Savior reminds us that he has graven us upon the palms of his hands, considering the incomprehensible cost of the crucifixion and atonement. I promise you, he is not going to turn his back on us now. When he says to the poor in spirit, come unto me, he means he knows the way out and he knows the way up. He knows it because he has walked it. He knows the way because he is the way. My friends, I testify of the Savior Jesus Christ, of his love, of his kindness, of his mercy, and of his great desire to reach out, bless, and save all those who will come unto him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.